listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 47. We're talking to Daryl Girardier about workflows and communications. Let's do this. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, whose spirit animal is a bear. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth, your host, and today I'm excited to bring on Daryl Girardier. Daryl is, uh, he works at Brentwood Baptist. I'll let him tell you all about what he does. But one of the things I know about Daryl is that this guy understands communication processes and workflows. And I know a lot of questions in those giant Facebook groups, the one of which he helps run is, uh, or he runs actually, he and Katie already run that together, the giant Facebook group for church communications. I know that that question gets asks, gets, gets asks, come on, buddy, let's pull it together. He gets, that question gets asked a lot in that group. How do you decide what gets requested and where it goes next and what's your workflow like? That's a common question. And at Brentwood, it, they have what I would consider to be like the gold package of workflows. Like, don't don't think about like, where do I start? Now, we're going to talk about where you start. But Daryl's process that they use at Brentwood Baptist in, in uh, Brentwood, Tennessee, outside of Nashville, is one of the processes that you're like, you're going to listen to it at first and go, oh my gosh, that's so detailed. But then we're going to break it down and help you understand where to start, what needs to come first. And so you can start to begin building a process that helps communications at your church become more streamlined and more succinct and actually more successful and get your people trained to think out further ahead. And that's what we want, right? So basically, there's like three kind of levels of preparedness, right? There's the uh, reactionary is level one. So it's like reactionary. I'm just something happened. Oh, my gosh, it fell apart. What are we going to do different next time so that that doesn't happen again? That's reactionary. Then there's the level you really kind of get to and most people live in, whereas you have a process, you have it, you got some rogue people that you constantly have to go and say, hey, do this better, do it right, and things fall through the cracks, but you're maintaining it pretty well and it's still functioning, helps you a lot. And then you're going to have a process like kind of what you're going to hear today, where it's like people understand the process, they respect the process, and if they don't, they don't get what they want on a lot of cases. So, uh, you know, where it's like, that's how we do things here. And uh, you'll hear hear Daryl talk about it a lot. The show notes for today can be found at sethmuse.com slash 47. So go check that out. Check out the blog too. Still blogging about a lot of communications related stuff, social media, a lot of fun stuff. And, uh, and if, and if you could, I mean, go check out that church summit. That was, I just recently got to speak there and ch- check out uh, church marketing summit as well. Uh.com. You can check that out. Alejandro Reyes is doing that. And uh, just really excited about this conversation. So let's get to it. Here's Daryl Girardier talking about workflows. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show today. My guest, uh, somebody I've been waiting to have on the show for a while that I'm really excited to talk to today is Daryl Girardier. Daryl, welcome to the show, man. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me here. I'm excited to be here. Me too. Uh, we've we've kind of touched base here and there and yeah. uh, gotten to know, got to finally meet at that church conference last year. Uh, yes. Yeah. Really good conference. You, what What was your What was your favorite part of that? Do you remember anything about? Okay. That so here's week? my rule on conferences. Okay. My rule on conferences: I don't judge them by the general sessions. I judge them by the side conversations I have. Yes. So 
that was an extremely successful conference, a great conference for me because I had really great coffee. I have really great coffee conversations in the coffee part of the, in the coffee bar yes. area that they have. So I'll be honest with you, I missed like a good portion of the general sessions cause I'm too busy having one-on-ones. Yeah. So my favorite part was probably connecting with people with one-on-one, which is much more how I'm wired than going to the general sessions. So, I mean, honestly, it's probably obviously meeting people like you, um, meeting other people who do what we do. So, I mean, I'm also partial to obviously Katie's talk is I work with Katie already. She, yeah. she killed it. She did um, great. But, on, but honestly, it's, it's the one-on-one sidebar conversations where you can have that conversation of like, you say, I'm dealing with X and they go, you know what? I had the same problem. Here's what I did. And before you know it, you know, 15 minutes later, you got to answer to a problem you've been struggling with for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. That's pretty awesome too. I, yeah. I'll agree with you, man. That was my favorite part of the whole thing. It felt kind of like a, uh, and this was the first time I met a lot of people. So this just kind of yeah. is, a, is something to say about our community that we bu- we've built here around this yeah. church communications yeah. thing is that it felt like a high school reunion that I wanted to go to. Yes, exactly. That I'm like, I'm excited to see my friends. You know, it was like that yeah. I get to hang out with people. And some of my friends, like like you, I've never seen you face to face. It's like, right. yeah, like no, yeah, let's exactly. just say hello. Oh, hey, what's up? You know, I got to right. meet so many, so many great people doing incredible things and, and just, that was fun. yeah. And, and you, and this is actually not the first time you've been on the podcast because of that. Um, right. You remember I was walking around with my phone and a microphone yes. taking little snippets. So you were, you were one of the snippets. And so you've oh actually, gosh, this is yes. your second time. Oh, is this yoga? Oh so, gosh, good. so you can, so I know you're probably nervous. So now you can, you can relax yeah, get, because get, I'll, I'll relax. you've already done the first one. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, a lot of people know who you are, but for those that don't, um, let's just tell us what church you're at, what you do, and kind of yeah. what your role is there. And just give us a little snapshot of, of your yeah, world. Yeah, so I'm at Brentwood Baptist, which is in, just south of Nashville, Tennessee, in a city called Brentwood, Tennessee. Um, and my job, depending on the day, is I handle basically all of all the creative and digital for the church. And so that's easily defined as art direction, video post-production, and then digital being social media, web um, anything that's a digital related type of entity of what we do, live worship, live stream, all that stuff. So my team that I work with, I oversee the team that handles all of that in regards to our campuses. Burma Baptist is a seven campus church and we are working on campus number eight as we speak. Wow. So we're a multi-site church, um, with campuses all across the middle Tennessee area. Awesome. And, and that's, and that's just your Bruce Wayne job. What's your Batman yes. job that you do oh, at night? Job. Yeah, so at <laughs> night when I'm not doing that, I I co-run a communications group, Facebook communications group for that matter, with one of my coworkers, Katie Allred. We also run churchcommunications.com, we host a podcast. And so um, we do that on the side. And really what that is, that's an outflow. I, I like to say it's an outflow of what we do from the nine to five. So the nine to five yeah. We have this stuff, and so we had we just created this thing as a deep desire, just like the just like the comp that church conferences. Ours was a let's harness the power of Facebook to connect people, and so we are almost at fifteen thousand members, and so that's incredible. Uh, it's, it's which is insane, but I tell people it's the best way to crowdsource your answers for like your problems. Like you know, I'm dealing with X, throw it out there, and then within a matter of moments, you'll get twenty to thirty replies on how to solve that, or if you wanted like. If you're like, okay, um, I've been told to use this vendor for like, say like online giving, what do you guys think? And then literally people port time and go, don't use them, use this people or use this for a discount code. Yeah. So all that to say, our nighttime job is kind of helping foster that community. And again, we just do it because we love this community. Um, and we love 
what everybody does. And so it's, it's just, it's honestly, it's a big playground for us and we enjoy it. Yeah. It's, it's an awesome place. And I remember joining that group. Yeah. I think there were about 1500 people in it when Mm -hmm. I joined and that was last year. Yes. So, so to grow to the size it is, is a, I'm like, okay, some of you guys, there can't be this many communicators suddenly. I mean, like, where are we going? You know, so it's, we're finding there's a lot of people in there that have like multiple hats that do this too. And that's like, that's probably the bulk, right? It is. It totally is. If you, if you, if we did a survey, people that are full-time solely church communication people, it's a very small percentage of people who actually are in the group. Majority of people in our group are, they are like student minister and the comps person, or they're the an AA and a comps person, or they are just purely a comps person, but they do a 10 hours a week for their church, um, either as like a part-time paid gig or just a purely a volunteer. Right. Um, some of it is also is I'm the pastor of a church. I don't even have a comps person. So I'm starting from ground zero. What do I do? So it's a wide variety of people in, and also by the way, a wide variety of people in regards to Episcopals, Lutheran, Presbyterians, Baptists, non-denominational. We got some Catholic people, Catholics in there. It's a wide variety of people across the board. So yeah. I tell people it's a wide way, uh, wide. Uh, I would say spectrum of viewpoints, but also spectrum of terms of where people are at, which again, I think is great because when somebody starts a sentence, like I'm a part-time or I am a volunteer, how do I do X? It's great because there's other people who are more than likely you're going to find other volunteers who say, okay, I'm in the same shoes you're in. Here's how I would handle yes. the problem that you're trying, you're describing to us. And I'll tell you that being in community like that, and you know, this is not really a commercial for the group, but kind of is honestly the, uh, being a community like that has, has been such a huge part of my growth that, you know, I'm, I'm where I am because of that group. I got, I mean, just no doubt that being a part of the discussion in there and, you know, being able to answer something kind of go, okay, people seem to agree with me on that. Maybe I'm right. You know, it's like, (laughs) you know, it's like being, being part of the conversation. It's like, it's validating, but it's also like, you'll find people that do things and you go, well, I never would have thought to do that. It's a great idea. (laughs) You know, can I steal that? Sure. It's so it's this incredible place to learn and just become better at what we do. And, 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 and like you said, it's, it's a crowdsourced situation. It's awesome. And now it's so big. Like I know that I know it's gotta be so hard to manage now, but um, you can still find your pockets of, you know, your, your, your people that'll help, yeah. you know? And so even oh, today, yeah. even today, like in the group, there were three people, there were two other communicators that are nearby to me and we were talking on a thread and we kind of in that group, we're like, you know what? We should just meet up for lunch. Let's do that. And so we planned yeah. a lunch in the group. And That's so now awesome. we're going to get together, you know, a couple weeks. That's fantastic. So That's it, really cool. it's, it's, it's like, it's, it is what you make of it. You know, we found some really great people in there. So if you're not part of the group, join it. It's, it's a great way to, to learn, um, and get better at what we do. So let's talk about kind of what we do and, and mm-hmm. in, in the, uh, in the sense of what you do, particularly yeah. you, you're at a church with a lot of, um, shall we say, uh, processes in place yeah. because yeah of the size and because of what we do. So that's what I want to dig into is like, how do you keep some of these workflows straight and what is it you actually do? So um, I imagine you guys have, I know you guys have worked on it quite a bit. You're you're streamlining workflow to get things on multiple done on multiple fronts. So can we, let's talk about your workflow at Brentwood. Yeah. Um, And I'll just, I'll just start in the, at the beginning comms requests. 
Yes. You've got seven campuses, you said, thousands of people and, it's, right. and probably several hundred staff. So comms requests come in. How does that part of your process work? What is some, okay. like, I want to get some designed. What do I do? Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. I would think, let me first state when it comes to these systems and what we do is, is like, there's some churches that are known for certain things. So like, say like, um, Church on the Move is known for probably a really great, wonderful, creative onstage experience. In terms of like the lights and sound, if you're in Oklahoma, that's the church, you know, go check them out. They do some amazing stuff. Um, Brentwood Baptist is known for being a process church and being really good at the church administration stuff. Part of that is, is we have a lot of healthcare executives that go to our church and a lot of executives run companies. So okay. we kind of, that's kind of ingrained in our DNA, yeah. like processes and things. So that what we have the working advantage we have on our corner is the fact that we are a process oriented church. And so sometimes we come across as sometimes to some people as being slow moving. So let me say that what works to my advantage is a little bit of a church culture. So I want to acknowledge that that doesn't mean that what we're going to talk about tonight, you can't apply to what your situation is, but know that I recognize the inherent advantage that we have because of our church culture. Now back to your question in regards to, Okay, how do you get something done in the communications-related world? Let me kind of walk you through our workflow uh, from a from a from a if you are the minister. So I'm a minister, and I have got a ministry that I am a sub ministry. I'm starting within my student ministry. So let's say I'm the student minister, and I've got an event that I'm going to do in the fall. And I want to, you know, you've got a whole bunch of assets you want the communications team to create, right? You want the logo for the event, you want right. your flyers, maybe promotional video, all those things. So the way we do it is there's two ways the way we approach it. Um, if you kind of know exactly what you want, and this is kind of something you're like, you you pretty much got everything defined in terms of your deliverables, what you do is you go into our website. We actually have a separate website for a communications form, and which, by the way, it's a custom form that we built, but you could do the exact same thing on Wufu or yeah. any of these forms, form stack, any of these other places. That's what we do. So we, we, just, we just have a, a secret link to forms for our pages, and they're all exactly. Wufu forms, and it goes exactly. to different people. It's great. So you go in and you fill out these forms and these forms basically, and we're actually, we're working on a new version of it. They're really, we try to treat them like a shopping cart. You go in and say, I want this, 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 and this. And then you hit the submit button. And once the submit button occurs, it automatically feeds straight into our project management system, which we use liquid planner. Um, let me say that I'm not a fan of liquid planner. We inherited that system. And so we're kind of deeply ingrained in it. But for right now, it's our project, project management system of choice as it currently stands. Okay. So it goes into that. And then from there, we turn around and then we divvy up the work in, from the inbox to our designers, video producers, whoever else has got to do it. Um, we kind of divide all that work out. So that's kind of a very simplified way of looking at it. Yeah. And, and do you have a project manager that helps divvy that out? Yeah, we have a okay. project manager who kind of divvies that out. Now, let's go back to that beginning again. Let's say you don't know what you want. What we do is, is if you don't know what you want, we actually have on the form, we say, I want to talk to somebody because I don't know what I want. And you give a brief description of the event and some things you're thinking about, and then you hit a button. And what happens is one of us will come meet with you. Yeah. And the reason why we do that, one of the reasons why we do that is that I have found the problem with the communication request forms is that they are seen as a contract by the people who's putting it in. So in other words, if I'm a minister and I put yes. this stuff in, I assume you're going to do the work. And that's the danger of these forms. So if we can, we'd like to meet face-to-face -to, -face to ask the question of what are you to get to the, what are you really needing? This is what you think you need, but describe for me your problem 
and I will actually tell you what you actually really need. And what, the way I describe it for people is like this. If I was trying to cross the Grand Canyon, I would hire an engineer to build me a bridge to cross the Grand Canyon. Now, would I tell them how to build a bridge? No. What I would tell them is how deep and how wide the Grand Canyon is. And they would figure out the best bridge to get across the Grand Canyon. Right. That's the same principle for communications. I don't want you to tell me what type of video you want. Tell me what your need is, your audience, and I'll tell you what type of video you're going to need. And then we'll build that video together. So that's why – so when I say that – so there's two entryways into that form. So that goes in our project manager going back to the process. Our project manager takes it and she assigns the work to uh, the designers, whoever. So they begin that process of design. Now, one of the things we do that's really abundantly important as your is your in terms of your workflow is is that when we're in the system, whenever we are communicating with the client, and this is a hallmark of a good project management system, is that we will turn around and every single project has its own email address. So when I'm talking, and we use the term client, so when I'm talking to the minister, we treat them like a client, and we're going back and forth on some logo design, we'll turn around and we'll copy the project in on all the dialogue. And we'll even tell them, hit reply all. So then what happens is, is now the entire team has this universal log of every conversation we've had about the project. And that's also great not only about the current project, but let's say it's a yearly thing that you do every single year. We can pull up all the conversations we had the previous year and figure out the pitfalls and be like, okay, last year we did this and this is where we made mistakes. And we see an email train of everything that went on. Yeah. So well, well, hold, hold up. Let, let's, yeah. let's dig on that for just a second yeah. because that's – that's yeah. a big thing. Um, yeah. So what you're saying is that you have in your your project management system, and it may be you have liquid, what'd you call it? Was it? We got liquid, it's liquid planner. Liquid planner. Okay. So it might be Asana or it might be Basecamp or something like yeah. that. But you're saying that you loop in the person who requested the project into that, that flow and let yeah, them so see all is- of the conversation that happens between your team on the project? No, what happens is they don't, they don't actually don't see anything. What happens is, is I take an email address and I say, reply all to the email address and the email address just captures, they, it's like they're blind carbine, they're, they're carbon copying another person. They, they don't see anything. In fact, I would tell you, that's one of the things I think we've, what we don't do. And I know other systems allow you to do is let the client have access to behind the scenes. And we try not to do that because I think for, if we do a little bit too much of that transparency. And I'm a big fan of transparency. Don't get me wrong. What happens if you do too much of that is they start feeling like they can actually control the process itself. So I kind of too many cooks in the kitchen, you know, that kind of exactly. So we try to stay away from that as, as much as possible in terms of, in terms of that. So, um, so yeah, so we, so you copy them in the email address, all of a sudden he captures all that dialogue. Then what we do from that standpoint is when it's time to send out for approval, we send it back out for approval. Again, copy the email address. They're going to write back approved. And once it's approved, we'll turn around. We'll log our hours against it. By the way, that's a, that's a big deal. So if you're, in terms of your workflow, whenever you have a project management system, you want the project management system to be able to log hours. And the reason for that is is sometimes you have that feeling that a project's taking way too long. Um, feelings don't matter. You need facts. Yeah. And if you log the hours, those are the facts. And so we want to log those hours because I want to see which one of our clients or ministries are taking up majority of our time. It also, by the way, when you do that, it also gives the ammunition you need in case you want to hire more staff. Yes. So I can say, look, this is where we're spending our hours at. If you want us to continue to go at this pace, we're going to need more staff. So we've used it for those type of discussions. Yeah, and I've, so, I've heard I've heard people also say that 
that helps them gauge like what they can tell a ministry. Like, yes. Hey, you guys are using like 2000 of our hours per year. Right. We need you to cut back to like 1600. Yes. You know, it's, it's like a actually, huge yes. thing to, to think about. Like they're totally not thinking about it like that, but well, it, it's, well, it, the other thing you do is, is you can turn around and then you can actually, by doing the hours, if you know the person's time that they spend on the project and know what you're, and you take their salary and base it per hour, you actually have a good actual, like they think, okay, that logo didn't cost me anything. Well, actually, technically speaking, if that logo cost me 40 hours uh, times 50 bucks an hour, that logo was actually worth $2,000. Yeah. That changes the framework by which you look at that logo. That's a $2,000 logo. Um, one of the other things some people do with their hours, you, you, you know, I, you, as you just mentioned, you have spent 2000, we need to only do 1600 hours is some churches. What they do is, is they actually give everybody a bank of hours. Yeah. So you start the whole entire year with this many hours you can spend with the comps team. And when you do it like that, people get more, they make less changes. They get a little bit more like very careful with the time they spend. Yep. They think a and little so harder. They think a little harder on, about the, on the front they end. Make designs. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yep. So again, you know, now I say all that that's, if you're listening to this and you're kind of going, gosh, that seems like a lot. It is a lot. I would tell you, we can talk a little bit later on about, you know, easing into this process. Right. But you know that when you fully form the process and you start doing this stuff, one of the advantages is, is all of a sudden is it gives you so much more data and you actually become, I think, a smarter team as a whole. So anyway, going okay. back to you. So now what you've, you signed off on the project, they're good to go. We mark the project done. It's, it's marked done in the system. And then we archive it and we can have it for later reference at some point. And then we, you know, we deliver the files however they, you know, they requested the files to be delivered. So that's kind of a big overview of the, uh, of the communications process that we have going on. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that a lot of people do think, wow, that is a ton of stuff. Yeah. But, but here's the thing about that. It's like, you didn't just do all that in a week. No. <laughs> no. like it, that, that developed over time. And so, yeah, and you know, you, you can't expect just to, and I think that's a big problem with, with communications and any church deal. We look at the big church and go, I'm doing that. That's what I'm going to do now. And I'm going to go home and do it tomorrow. And it's like, yeah. you don't realize all the stuff that went into making, to getting there. Uh, no. You know, you can't, don't, most of the phrase, don't compare their now to your, I don't know what it is. Their, yeah, yeah. You know what well, I'm saying? See, What's that phrase? Yeah, you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to compare the two. But, so let me tell you, like, if you're thinking about, okay, I want to do this tomorrow. Let me tell you what I did in a previous job and how we baby stepped this. What I did was I simply built a Google form. And the rule was the Google form had to be like one page, super simple to fill out. And the Google form was going to feed into, at that time, I think it fed into Basecamp. But I think originally before I did Basecamp, it actually fed into just a Google spreadsheet. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So it was a Google form to Google spreadsheet. And the spreadsheet all of a sudden became our master project list. And that's that's literally what we started with. One of the things that made that work, if you're thinking about baby steps, is you think about a couple things. You think about... Think about the process and not just the form itself and don't think about the form itself and then where the form is going to go. Think about who's putting the stuff in the form. So one of the things that helps your process along is, is you get the buy-in from your senior leadership to that this is the out route you want to go. So one of the things that works in our advantages is my executive pastors, the man all the way up at the top, and even my senior pastor's office always put in a comic for all their stuff. That's so awesome. Let me restate that. Yeah. So like when senior leadership does it, then you can say like, if somebody goes, do I have to put a comic in? I said, you know what? Our executive pastor does. And they go, 
well, then I guess I have to as well. <laughs> yeah, I said, guess, yeah, you do. I guess so. Yeah, so. And so that kind of gave some institutional – You want you, what you're looking for at that point is what we call institutional authority. That, right. hey, we've all agreed that this is the route we're going to go. So getting senior leadership bought in on that made that process a whole lot easier in terms of actually getting people on board. The other thing that worked for us, that's worked to our advantages is once we kind of had that first initial launch of the form was – we also made it a part of a new orientation hiring for every single staffer. So you come on board yes. and one of the things you're required to do is you're required to sit down with a communications person and they walk, we walk you through our workflows. So that way, you know, what, what's going on, how to fill out a form. And, you know, for the most part, if we, once we knock that out, I'll tell you what, you'd be super Seth, you, you would honestly, by doing those two things, getting senior leadership on board and turning around and making it part of the hiring process, man, I say we we probably got rid of ninety five percent of the problems that we would normally have had if we by just doing those two things because everybody just knows it's part of the culture. It's what you do. Yes, to- totally on board. And yeah. you know, in in my role now, that's that's kind of the process. Like our senior leadership really doesn't do it themselves. Like the admins do that. So so we've kind of targeted our admin department. Yeah. Yep. And said, yeah. hey, we're going to teach you how to do this. So we did a webinar inside yep. a Facebook group and showed them how to do it and all this great stuff. Yeah. And after that, it was like our process got so much easier. And, you know, they already kind of knew it, but we were making some changes. So we're like, here's how it's going to work now. So that, I'm totally on board with that. But let's talk through, because you mentioned some things earlier, especially yeah. about getting people on board initially. Yeah. Um, there's, there's people that are going to be listening that are like, they're literally the person who gets thrown projects and it's expected you go do this now because right. I've asked you to. And yep. we're like, okay, well we need to come up with a process. And we're like, well, I don't, I don't want to do all that. So there's pushback from different departments and different people on, on the team. How can a communications person start to work um, the staff around to a point of view where they see this as like, this is necessary. This is what we need to do. And then give them the, the actual authority to start doing it and, and enforcing okay, that so, process. Yeah. I would say it's a good question. I would, I would tell you again, for us, it was getting senior leadership on board was the first step. And once we did that, that kind of gave us the authority to do that. I would tell you the other thing we had to train our team on and you had to train yourself on was, was that your inbox is no longer the request form. And you had to learn to gently respond to people with, Hey, thanks for requesting X. Can you do me a favor and fill out this form? Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. And it was a gentle way of saying it that we weren't in any way, shape or form coming down on like, you should have filled out this form. Um, and then the other thing was, was somebody said, Hey, um, I wanted X, Y, and Z and I didn't get it. And I'd simply say that I'm so sorry about that. Hey, by the way, did you fill out a form for that? Oh no, I didn't. You know what? That's probably because it wasn't in our system. If you want to get in our system, do us a favor and just fill out a form. And when those two things kind of happened, we gently kind of reminded people. And then when some stuff fell through the cracks, because they didn't fill out the form. All of a sudden, word on the street came out like, hey, if you want to get it done, you got to fill out the form. Yeah. You also expect expect what I would say would be like a, a, a valley of despair in terms of like, you're going to do this. And for the first 30 days, it's going to seem great. And then there's going to be this drop off of like people not wanting to obey the system. They're going to have people walking by your office and, and, and coming by and saying, Hey, now that I got you, do you think you could do X, Y, and Z? You know, you, you know, the drive-bys if you will. Yes. Um, 
expect that thing to happen. And you've got to push through those, I would say next 60 to 90 days of that kind of stuff. Gently remind people, fill out the form, fill out the form. By the time you, once you get to the other side, you'll be so much better, but understand with any change that's going to happen, there's that dip that's going to happen where people are going to fight against the system. But again, if you can just simply be gentle with your response, um, you know, give them grace but just gently remind people, help them understand hallway conversations are not requests, emails are not requests, yes. going to those formatory requests. You do that, eventually that culture kicks in and you'll be fine. Yeah, but I, again, it's, it's, it's going to be a learning curve. Yeah, and I think too that we should also expect that that kind of never really fully goes away. There's always going to be yeah. somebody whose personality is bent to just stay outside the rules or, yeah. or that doesn't think about this kind of stuff and just go, it's like a total creative type. That's like, we said it in a meeting, so it's happening, you know? And it's yeah, like, exactly. no, that's not it. So uh, it, that happened at, at our place too. We had someone who talked to me about a pro about an idea and I was like, that's a great idea. Yeah, we should do that. That sounds awesome. We could totally do it. And, and so they left the meeting thinking it's on. And I left the meeting thinking they'll put in a request and get all that ready. Cause that's what we did. Yes, exactly. And exactly. then it didn't happen. And so we get like two weeks before the event. She's and, and they're like, um, what's happening with this thing? And I'm like, Oh, what thing? What are you even talking about? Exactly. Exactly. We've been talking about this for four months. I'm like, no, we haven't. No. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's a total miscommunication. You know, it's like, uh, it, and you know, you, you, it's so, so funny. You mentioned that Seth is, you know, where the miscommunications lately happen for us. It actually happens for us internally on our team. So one yeah. of the things that we've had to do on our team is go, We'll be in a meeting and we'll be like, oh, yeah, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And then we go, wait, which one of us fills out the form? Like we did, like we just assumed somebody else was right. filling out the form. And we're like, oh, wait, I think we have to fill out our own form. I was like, yeah, we got to fill out our own form. So it actually goes in the project management system. Yes. So we ourselves have been guilty of not actually following our own system. So, so your team, when you have ideas, you fill out a form too. We do, we, we specifically do on the video side because the video side okay. is, is really detailed. Yes. Like our form, I joke, our form is like a college essay. Yeah, I mean, our, it's called like application for that matter. It's like, who are we filming? Where are we filming? Does, you know, what film dates are available? When's this going to air? How's it going to, you know, what's your mother's maiden format? name? Exactly. So <laughs> we do that because our video team is wired in a way that they kind of want all the details and I totally get it. Um, I would tell you on, the design side and on the digital side, we probably circumvent that. And I just I just go straight in the project manager system and add the tasks as I need them. Hey, I need yeah. this design on this. So, um, but you know, for the most part, I mean, we try to follow the system as much as anybody else does because, again, if we all do it, it just becomes part of our culture, and, and we just know it's going to last. Yeah. And there's something else you said real quick before we kind of wrap up. Um, You talked about how your system works in that you, if you, if they don't know what they want, they come to you and there's this expectation that they're not going to tell you how to build the bridge, but they're going to tell you how, how long they need like where, what they're trying to do. So a lot of churches are in a position where that's not the case, where there's a, there's a little bit of micromanagement. So what are some ways, um, that communicators can start to, to, I guess, communicate that that's not the case, you know, and, yes. and, and do it in a nice way that's, uh, yep. you know, that's, that, that gets them on board. Okay. So what I would say is, is, and by the way, I mean, we, I'm painting for you the ideal situation and there are certain ministries yeah. in our church who to this day will still tell me exactly how they want something done. I mean, down to like the yes. font, the color and everything. And I'm thinking, 
that's who they are. And, and you know what, I'm going to try to mitigate that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will tell you, I'll give you an example for sermon artwork. Okay. So let me tell you how we approach this and this will kind of give you some idea. So when I came on staff, the way they would do sermon artwork is, is we would draw it up. We draw three different mock-ups. We would take it to our pastoral preaching team meeting. There would be, you know, anybody 10 to 15 people, 10 to 15 people in the room. We present the artwork. They would give us their feedback, want to tweak the artwork a little bit. And then we'd go back, we had to make those changes and we send them the final artwork. Well, that was a pretty arduous process after a while. I was getting a little tired of having to go in yeah. and have, and I was without, gosh, this is going to sound area. I was a little tired of having people who weren't designers tell me how to do a design. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I think everybody can understand that feeling. Yes. So Even I was if like, you're not designers, it's something else, whatever it is you're yes, good at, you know, people tell you. Yeah. So what I did was I just slowly incrementalized the process. So what I did was I still kept going with, hey, here's three designs. And then I started slowly taking away the options. And I would say, hey, here's a design. You don't three get options. You're getting an option. Let me know what you think. Okay. (laughs) And then that went from me going and presenting it in person to sending emails. Hey, you know what? Here's a design. Let me know what you think. Knowing full well they weren't going to respond to email like they would. The problem was I knew that groupthink wasn't going to, you know, groupthink where everybody kind of sits and yes. goes, oh, you're right. I don't like that hue of orange. You know, you're right. That's We should do this. Yeah. And I started doing emails. Obviously, and now, he wants me to change something, so let me find something to change. Exactly. So then I eventually started going, hey, no longer, hey, here's your artwork. What do you think? It's, hey, here's your artwork. Let me know if you have any questions. To now it's, <laughs> here's your artwork. I'll have the final copy in your bulletin on X date. Thanks. Let me know if you need anything. So just today, actually, if you're in the Facebook group, you'll see that we posted, I posted our Exodus artwork. Um, and that's what the process was. I sent it out there. Yep. So here you go. Let me know if you've got any questions. I, the reason I say that is, is that was a slow six month process of working towards that. Now that was building a lot of trust, having a lot of conversations, building a, a good deep relationship with those people. So the fact that they eventually kind of trust us to go, you know what? I just trust you guys. You guys are going to do well. Now there are some people, as I said before, who that's never going to happen with. And I'm openly acknowledge that. And, and when I've got those people, what we really try to do is I try to mitigate the problems as much as possible. And I try to mitigate them in understanding. I try to nail what they want on the first time out. I don't, I ask, I, I really kind of rationalize in my head what they're asking for is not, they're not asking for the moon. They're, you know, their ministry doesn't have that big of an impact. That sounds horrible to say, but I kind of like rationalize, yeah, I, like let's I, just I get, get this done and get it shipped out the door. So when you're dealing with that, when you're dealing with these people who I think look at your, what you do as a commodity that, that they could easily get somebody else to do, or you're dealing with that is what you're dealing with is in my opinion, you're dealing with a relationship deficit. So what I, yeah. I, I challenge you to do is, is first build those relationships. So there's a sense of trust. And once you have that sense of trust, then all of a sudden you're going to get this, you're going to get latitude like you've never had before. And when you get that latitude, then you can really kind of move like I did in the sermon artwork where now I just ship the artwork out. We're done. Like, you know, it's, I've taken a process that probably was, Probably for us is a 25 hour process. We've got it now down to like three hours, like That's about awesome. an hour and a half on the artwork. I send an email, I get a couple responses, I'm out the door, we're done. Wow. That's really fast. Yeah. I mean, we're, 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 we're we've gotten to that point. I'm, I'm, and I'm proud of my team for adapting to that. And, and also our, our team again has identified, we've also know, we'll also know, Hey, this so-and-so, well, let me get, let me restate this. You know, I, I said, you know, I take that process from a meeting all the way down to an email. There are some things we've done the inverse with. Yeah. We said, don't do the email. 
let's have the meetings, let's have the discussion. Because this person, at the end of the day, they really just want to be heard. Yes. They actually really don't have a really opinion on design. They just want somebody to to make them feel like somebody cares about their ministry. Yeah. And they just want to be heard. So a lot of times I'm just in a, I'm just letting somebody just talk about their ministry. And you know what? We may not even talk about the design. I just may ask questions about their ministry and say, man, I really hear your heartbeat for this ministry. I think you got some ideas. What do you think if we did something like this? And they'd be like, you know what? Yeah, do that. And before you know it, I'm getting a good design out of it. And they're getting to feel like, wow, somebody actually really cares about what I do. Yeah. I think you hit it right on the head. It's that there's a leadership element of being a communicator. Yeah that I think a lot of us feel like because it's agency type work for some of us that we don't necessarily have to be a leader where, where I get told, get and get it done. And, and then we get these struggles because we don't want to do it that way, but we really don't have the, the authority or the, 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 the ability to, or the relational equity actually to, to go in and say, Hey, I don't think that's a good idea. And so we want that, but then we kind of don't want the responsibility. So it's like, you have to kind of go, I'm going to lead out here. I'm going to lead yeah. up. Yeah, like Clay Scroggins would talk, would say he, he wants to lead. Yeah. You, you got to lead up. And I think that's exactly it. Is that when, what you said, you, when you have someone that's like, Hey, uh, I'm going to tell you exactly how to do this. It usually comes down to a relationship deficiency. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, right. that's right on. Yeah. So, um, good stuff, man. Thanks. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, cool. As we wrap up just in the past, in the recent days, you know, yeah. obviously this is always a changing deal. Communications, it's, I mean, today we could have an announcement that changes the entire way we do things. Yeah. Uh, you know, thank you, Facebook. But what are some of the things in the recent month, like recently that you've adjusted that you want to like, hey, this is something we, we kind of saw this need and we changed it. And what's really worked out for you that changed your process? Uh, so in terms of our, like our, our, com- our comms processes. Yeah. Has anything evolved like, yeah. or changed recently? Yeah, I mean, I think what well, what's about to evolve, what we're about to unveil is, is we realized that the more specific we could be for people, the better off they were. So, in other words, if we actually gave people options, yes, um, versus keeping things open ended, we actually people are more satisfied because we didn't want people to assume that they knew what options were available to them. I think, like, and, and it's like little stuff, like even like poster size and that kind of stuff. So, we that's been huge for us. I think the other thing is huge for us is we have ramped up the amount of communication that we've had between each other. So we have started doing for our team, um, daily 9am meetings where for 9 at 9am every morning for 10 minutes, we get around the project manager system and we ask each other, here's everything on our punch list. Do you have everything you need to get that project done? And if you don't let me know, and we'll go hunt that information down for you. So when you do that, everybody's got a sense that we're all on the same page and we've actually caught holes in the system where somebody didn't realize Oh yeah, I thought you had that. No, I've got that. And so that's been huge for us. So I would say going to a daily meeting structure, it's it's literally, it's a standing meeting. You're not allowed to sit. We stand for about 10 to 15 minutes, walk through the system. We all make sure we got all of our punch lists done for the, we're ready for the day. And then we, we, we got our marching orders and then we, 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 we go do it and we try to do it the best we can. That's awesome. That's a great idea. If my team is listening right now, get ready. That might happen. <laughs> awesome. that, that might happen. We may start doing that at least a couple times a week. Maybe not every yeah, week, but just we'll start slow. Well, um, any parting shots, man, for communicators out there that you would say about process, just 
encouragement or thoughts or last last minute wisdom? Well, we know that like process takes time. That's why it's called process. So it's going to take it's going to take some time, and that you know it's a slow plotting race. But if you do it right, take your time. You're going to find that it's going to pay off in the long run. Um, also understand that your process is not king, but relationships are. So build those relationships first with people and you'll find that people will follow your processes so much more easier than if you try to enforce them on people without having that relationship. That's great. I'm going to make a graphic out of that. That's good. All right, cool. man. Daryl, thank you so much for being on the show. It, it, Thanks it, for having me. This is incredible. Um, cool. Everybody, you can go get the show notes for all the links, any links, uh, project management software, things like that. I'll link it all out in the show notes, sethmuse.com slash 47. And I uh, would love to hear you, have you back here in two weeks to listen to the next episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you later. Daryl, thanks so much. Thanks, Seth.